This week's episode of the Star Wars Report is brought to you by the good folks supporting us over on Patreon.com slash Star Wars Report. Let's do the show, folks! Come, come, come! And who might you be? It's the Star Wars Report! Star Wars Report! Star Wars Report! The place for Star Wars news, features, interviews, and more. Then we can do something epic. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Please delete as appropriate. Force. It's calling to you. Just let it in. Well, hello. Hey, howdy, everybody. Welcome back to the Star Wars Report podcast, episode... 380, what is it, 84? 384. 384. Mm-hmm. Uh, welcome back to the program. We're here to talk some Star Wars. And uh, I'm your host, Riley Blanton. So glad you've joined us. Right now, recording live in studio in South Georgia, Brunswick. I'm back on the East Coast. And here joining me once again, the savior <laughs> of last not. week's episode. No, ignore that iTunes review, sir. The, the man <laughs> who single-handedly sank the Star Wars report into <laughs> one-star review territory. Last week. No, uh, it's uh, uh. Scott Rifen, everybody. Ha! Hey, howdy. What's up? What's, uh, what's, what's going, going on? on? Yeah, this is it, man. We're setting up. We got my podcast thing going in we my do. little home studio. I'm impressed with how well you're able to um, uh, get all this set up, man. Yeah. It, it, it's a, it seems to be working. Yeah, well, until we go back and try to listen to it. And I know, and I was like, I know. Um, yeah. No, we got, we've got a, a bit, I've, I've kind of this week, really two stories that we're going to be talking about, uh, Galaxy's Edge, as well as, we're returning to the world of Solo, and we're going to do it in the news. Let's take, oh, sorry, I should have cued you more. Uh, yeah, so, in the news. We have something to report. Sir, I have good news. Data brought to us by the Boston spies. We can send a clear transmission. There it is. Listen, listen. This is the first time I've ever had somebody else running the board on a show that I do. It's really exciting. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> you're the yeah, although you're used to this, you do this every morning. Every um, morning, yeah, for I appreciate three freaking hours. <laughs> but let's talk about it. Galaxy's Edge. Uh, we had the grand opening last week. As as, 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 as whoop de do. Uh, <laughs> it was a, it was kind of a big whoop de do. Radar dish is wrong. Well, and they do this. They did, Disney did a kind of opening ceremonies type thing, and uh, Bob Iger came out and talked and and gave a, gave a bunch of corporate speak. And I I skipped all that because that's boring. But I did clip out uh, George Lucas. If you click on the link there, we're, we'll take a listen because we had a good number of celebrities and comments that I thought were kind of interesting. And George. You know he wouldn't be there if he didn't have to. Ladies and gentlemen, yep, that's the one. George Lucas. There he is. There he is. That's better. Hey, the, uh, uh, where's it, the door? It's the wrong it's, dish. It's, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. Oh, there I, there's the entrance ramp. The dish is supposed to be round. That's the wrong dish. But I'm still wearing the flannel. He put on a suit jacket, though. Still wearing the dad jeans. <laughs> Thank you, Bob. Uh, Wait for it. I love that. I'll first say you did a great job. Yep, yep. Thank you very much. Wait for it. Coming from you, that means a lot. Well, it could have gone very bad. (laughs) (laughs) But it didn't. It's much, it's, 
Star Tours on steroids he at a level you can't possibly believe. He's not reading a teleprompter. And, uh, no, not at all. I'd also like forward. to thank all the Imagineers who, and others here that made this thing possible because it's, it's the first time that, because I worked with the Imagineers a long time ago, and we did, you know, everything oh was goodness. like it was in the olden <laughs> days where it was very hard to do anything. So now the technology is here. This thing is amazing. It's really something that you couldn't even dream about 20 years ago. Hmm. So uh, I hope you enjoy it. Uh, it was a great experience for me. It's gonna, and, uh, and it'll get a I lot of money from we'll, the white uh, slavers. Uh, <laughs> see yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> Thank you. I'm kind of surprised. Thanks, um, by the way, Thank screw you. Christian Harloff, everyone. <laughs> You can pause it. Um, I, so, prom- I promise. If he was here, I wasn't going to be here. It's, <laughs> well, it, I I love to say it could have gone very bad. But George, he came out. I, he, you know, George doesn't have to come. No. He, so he was there for a reason, and, and I think this is like his his Disney fandom that probably got him out to this. Yeah, the man loves Walt. Yeah, but I thought that was kind of interesting. But he wasn't the only one. Um, we also had uh, the one and only Billy D. Williams who came out and seemed surprisingly fresh. I'm so really happy to be here. It's been almost 40 years since the last time I played Lando. Uh, you know, people keep asking me, uh, "That's not technically how true. did I find Lando again?" No. Well, Dark Empire. Mm. Lando Robot never chicken. left me. Yeah. <laughs> but he seems a little more spry than usual. Being involved yeah. has been incredibly rewarding to me. And certainly working with and being hired by this wonderful man was uh, a very special part looking of my life. Looking over at George. Yeah. And thank you so much. And happy birthday. Aww. Aww. As you probably know, I was your... The original owner of the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing to see her looking that so good spry. today. Yeah. And I'm so excited for you. You're going to get the pilot mm-hmm. to do pilot oh. the Falcon two and experience your own adventures. I may have uh, spoke too soon. You're going yeah. to love it. Well, Just it. as much as I've <laughs> loved it, being a part of this fantastic uh, franchise. And you truly belong here with us. To all the fans out there, uh, thank you. Galaxy's Edge. Yeah. Yeah. So that's uh, Billy D. Williams. And uh, I, I, I like he had a little bit of a spring in the step there at first. For, yeah. Short, uh, circuit the Until end, the right? oxygen uh, supply started running low. <laughs> and then come he started on. <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> then he started getting a little punchy. Yeah. But uh, then I thought, and I actually thought, uh, Hamill comes out in true fashion and has a few things to say. Well, thank you. I have to tell you, the last time I was in a Disney park with George Lucas was for the opening many moons ago of Star Tours. And I thought to myself, this is inconceivable that I could be part of a movie that would get oh, its sorry. own ride <laughs> in, in a Disney theme park. I mean, I better savor the moment because it'll never be surpassed. And yet, look at where we are today. Mark Hamill's a good storyteller, though. Right? You know? He just we like. We get our own land! That's all probably not true at all, but <laughs> it's really well told. Well, Star Wars yeah. to me has always been the gift that keeps on giving. And the reason is because 
of you. Your parents tell you not to st- speak to strangers. Did they build this on a mountain? Hmm? And Did they build everywhere I go, people treat me like they're no, like I'm family. And the stories they tell me, they're, they're personal stories of seeing Star Wars or, or reading the books or playing the games or watching the animated series, whatever it is. They're so personal and so heartfelt. And it's got me through troubled times. You know, I was and going stick with a it. I think what he says my, right here at the end. was sick. I met my spouse online. The stories. Is, does that have anything to do with this? The stories they he's tell getting there. me. He's getting there, Scott. Are so heartfelt, and I can't tell you how grateful I am to have been a part of it, uh, to be associated with a character that represents optimism and hope. And so I'd like to take this opportunity mm. to thank Walt Disney and especially George Lucas for oh, that George. teaching the world <laughs> a new way to dream. Thank you so much. That's good. So, That's a good closing line. I, I mean, I definitely... Are we done with this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I definitely wanted to park... He, he definitely kind of... A character that represents hope and optimism. It's Ryan Johnson here. Is hope? He's, Do you think he's, that was a dig? He's optimistic. Have I mentioned? And hopeful. And hopeful, at, and optimistic. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't, th- I don't think that was that was intentionally chosen. No, I think that's. Him. I don't think it's chosen for that, but I think that's just how he views that character. Yeah, and I think that's how Lucas always viewed that character. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's funny because we, we got into a debate on a, on a forum the other day about, you know, who the protagonist was of this and that and the other. And, they, well, and mm-hmm. one of the people that was arguing against me said, you know, there was, there are a lot of protagonists for Star Wars. And it's like, no, no, understand when the original stuff came out, it all said from the adventures of Luke Skywalker, even yeah. the, the solo trilogy where Luke is not in it at all. Yeah. The front cover says from the adventure of each of the three books from the adventures of Luke Skywalker. So he's your guy. Yeah. Now, was anyone arguing that he's not the protagonist of the original? Yeah, we are. These people. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, he wasn't the last one. Uh, we also had, well, well, let's just take a listen. At the end of the ceremony, they fire up the Falcon. It's kind of cool what they do, but we will, we'll, right after these messages after these from messages. not our son. No. After Don't worry. That's what the, that's what editing is for. We'll be right back. back. That's the cast members. Yep. There's Chewy. Weak Chewy suit. Boy, it's a weak Chewy suit. They've always had weak Chewy suits in the park. It, it, it's hard to get right. Well, they have to be durable, I think, is part of it, too. Yeah. Firing course, up the Falcon. Of course, oh. it doesn't stop me from having pictures of me hugging that same Chewy suit. <laughs> it's like five times. Yeah. Uh, struggling here to uh, get the Falcon. This, this is just a little embarrassing. Uh-oh. Is there somebody who knows how to fix this? Is there somebody? <laughs> the screen goes black and white. Don't forget, this is the ship that made the Kessel Run in 12 parsecs, all right? <laughs> Out of breath. That's right. She may not look like much, but she's got it where it counts. Hey! You know that Although, what should have happened there was... Luke, Mark Hamill should have said, this is the ship that has to run less than 14 parsecs. It's 12! And he goes, 12! Oh, yeah. That wouldn't see. I mean, still pretty solid delivery, though. Oh, yeah, no, lie. solo. I'm in. Ford's there. He's, 
Santa Ford is in the house, everybody. Ladies and gentlemen, Harrison Ford. <laughs> All right. Can you uh, help us out with this thing? I'll give it a try, Bob. <laughs> Chewy! Peter? Whoops. This one's for you! I think he was supposed to yeah. hit it. And then I think he messed up the guys doing the timing by stopping the dope dedicated to Peter. Yeah. I got that. If you uh, so, if you rewind about 10, 15 seconds, you're gonna hear Bob Iger go, "Oh well." Did he? <laughs> He's very faint, very faint. But these are the things I notice when I'm doing it. Yeah, if you roll, Peter. Uh. Too soon. Too soon. This one's for you. Right. Sound tech guy somewhere. But that that got a lot of uh, a lot of good play. Yeah, it did. I mean, it, well, it was. Let's, say, let's just say the technical error caused by Harrison Ford stopping to dedicate it to Peter Mayhew was far yeah. outweighed by the emotional impact of his dedicating it to Peter Mayhew. Yeah, no, for sure. Especially when you have Chewbacca there in in the cockpit. How you doing, Chewbacca? Hey. Just hanging around this loser. Hanging around this loser. <laughs> <laughs> How was that? Let's, let's okay. take a second. But, uh, but it, it, it's open. The, the reviews have been, um, pretty solid. I mean, from the shill media, I know, but, but they've got, <laughs> I'm, kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. But, you know, Galaxy's Edge largely pot, like, it's, it's, expectations have been super high, but everything I've been seeing on, on the old internet has been very positive. I go in one week, actually. Uh, so I can, I will go. Now you see you myself. drive all over creation. Are you driving? Or are you no? Are no, you no, no. walking? That's, that's a that's uh nope. I will be hitchhiking. No, no. I will be <laughs> flying out to uh Disneyland. Me, my buddy Aaron, we're going to be posting all kinds of things um on on social media. So if you're not following us, you should. Uh, shameless plug. But um, I'm I'm excited. It looks good. The I, good I hear is the immersion and the cast members seem to yeah. really be making it. But then um. Uh, the, I've, I've not heard great things as much about the food is not like the highlight, evidently. Um, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. But, um, uh, I, I don't know. I'm, I, you're going in December, right? Yeah. We're going to, to WDW. Yeah. As we like to call it. Mm. Uh, and we're going to see, uh, we're going to go to the Floridra version and do it. We, we go every December to Walt Disney World anyway. Yeah, that's our thing. Uh, so you knew, like, this is going to be a thing. Oh yeah. yeah, but but you know, but I will tell you that I have photos of myself posing with the that little entrance that they have right yeah. next to the Muppet Vision. Oh yeah, I have photos because we, you know, we're ready for this thing. We want this. We want this badly. Yeah, yeah. So. Well, and it will, like I say, I'll give a full report here uh, before we go. But um, but I, let's let's jump into our next story. This is um. Uh, returning to the world of, of Solo, a Star Wars story. I know the, it, it seems almost forgotten already. 
as the hype for the Rise of Skywalker mm-hmm. uh, comes forward. But uh, it is not. Um, he's got a new documentary out. I don't know what it's about, but he's doing some press rounds. Ron Howard found himself uh, talking about Solo once again and sort of the cause for maybe it's l- less than stellar uh, reaction. And I don't know. It's it, it, There have been a bunch of headlines, but when you listen to the audio itself, it tells, uh, a, I think, a more full picture of what he's talking about. Yep. Had a blast. Always curious about what it was to sort of work in the galaxy. And in normally it takes three years. I got to work like eight months and have an experience. Right. And I feel very good about the way it turned out. And I could, you know, I, I love the way it played to audiences, which I witnessed and I was a part of. So, so all of that I'm able to feel good about. Sure, I wish it would have done, you know, and lived up to the uh, box office expectations and, yeah. so, and and so forth. So that's disappointing. Why? Maybe it's the release. Maybe maybe it's the idea that that uh, it's it's sort of too nostalgic mm. that go, going back and revisiting mm-hmm. um, you know an origin story for a character a beloved character keep keep going may not, may not be what the fans were looking for yeah it kind of seemed to me in looking at it like the opening which was big not as big as the mm-hmm. others and it would be like it was probably my biggest opening <laughs> personally right uh, it was still disappointing a little disappointing for them but um um. I think that was, those are the hardcore fans. Yeah. It sort of tells you, like, how, how many people are tagalongs. Yep. Uh, who need to wait to see what people think or see whether it's essential, like it's a zeitgeist movie or not. Uh, or, and whether it's just, I love Star Wars and I want to see, you know, what's next. And so that, whatever, millions that made, uh, worldwide, those, those are the hardcore fans, but it didn't hit that zeitgeist point right for whatever reason timing um young han solo uh um um i I'll, I'll push back from the previous movie which i kept hearing was maybe something mm-hmm. uh and uh and some trolling definitely some trolling some actual aggressive <laughs> you'd heard the stories and now you you were like oh yeah this is real but that's what that is yeah it was pretty it was pretty um you know, it was, it was it was pretty interesting. Uh, like you saw that on your own, like Twitter feed and all that kind of stuff. Like just sort of not so much. I mean, a little bit the Twitter feed, yes, uh, but it was uh, especially noticeable uh, prior to the release of the movie in mm. several of the algorithms, whether it's Metacritic or Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, there was an inordinate push down on the want to see right. and on the fan voting. Uh, and when you look at it, it's like three, four, five, three, four, five, or whatever the rating is on, I forget what it is on Rotten Tomatoes, whether, whether it's a scale of one to five or one to ten, I can't remember, but pretty high. Sure. And then like a series of zeros or halves or ones or something like that. And it, and it, you know, it's, um, um, those, uh, some friends of mine from Silicon Valley explained it to me mm. and how it works. It's so adorable. <laughs> I'm just trying to figure it out. I, it's just uh, zeros and there's the rotten tomato. There's like the trolling of some kind of the, trolling. Is like we have there's farms of trolls and they just <laughs> grow them and they pour water on them and they're really really they get big. <laughs> uh, he sounds like such a sweetheart. He just he is, well, and so he's like, like nice I heard guy, that like actually. maybe push back from that. I heard something about that. Yeah, <laughs> like, he, he like, seems like a nice guy. Though. He seems it, it, he seems delightfully out of touch with some of the drama oh, around Star Wars fandom too. Yeah, and but but let's you know who doesn't 
No. Anyway, anyway. Um, <clears throat> Mr. Johnson. Uh, <laughs> no, he's, he's very plugged in. Yes. in. It's like, talk about yeah. the polar, op- before we get into the, the trolling question. Yeah. Just the sort of the class and the, the, the sense of just, what's the word I'm looking for? The sense of relief from the amount of distance he has from some of the drama of fandom. You're talking about Howard? Ron Howard, yeah. yeah. It's just, it's so delightful by, by comparison. To even J.J. Abrams. Yeah, he doesn't, yeah, he do, he's not sinking into the muck. Yeah, exactly. And uh, even J.J. Abrams, when he first got on board with Nine, he started a little bit of that. Yeah, yeah a little bit. Um, but, I mean, not as much as, you know, mouthing off on Twitter all the time. But, no, no. Um, but like, I, I guess, uh, it, it's interesting because he, it's not like he's saying it's that you know, Solo failed because of trolls. He's just talking about how that's a factor and like movie review sites. And that, that cor- Rotten Tomatoes became its own thing because like they changed the way fan voting happened because yeah. of some of these um, like campaigns to uh, yeah. tank the Rotten Tomatoes fan ratings, which again, that's not what's going to affect the box office. No. Well, there's a lot of factors yeah, that went into the solo the box office. It's 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 a lot of people very simply sum it up to this, that, or the other: the failure of solo at the box office. But the truth is, uh, it is a failure that has a thousand fathers. Yeah. Um, and you know, some of it is the backlash from Last Jedi amongst just regular fans. Some of it is you know the, this this boycott that's out there. Um, that a lot of people said, well, you know, mathematically speaking, if uh, so and so number of people actually did boycott the film, wouldn't affect it at all. But what what they're not taking into account is that we, the hardcore Star Wars fans, and and I think you know this because where you go, you're well, you're actually in the middle of a bunch of Star Wars people, I think. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> yeah. most of us who work in an office or whatever, sure, we are the Star Wars guy. Yeah, and that's fair. So it's not that the boycott hurts the movie per se. It is the negative perception created by the negative fans that does make a difference because the people in the office go, well, hell, if Terry, Terry's the Star Wars guy and Terry yeah. doesn't want to see it, why would I want to go see it? Yeah. You know? And, and that's a thing. No, it's a thing. And I think... Because I get it. Look, the, the night that I went and saw The Last Jedi. Yeah. Or the day after, I was doing a show. I was on stage. We were in the dressing room getting ready. And everybody was coming to me. How is it? How is it? Should I go see it? How is it? Yeah. And every one of them, I said the exact same thing. I said, you know what? I think you should go see it. I'm not going to say a word. Because I was, I had, you know, I was conflicted. Sure. But I wasn't going to say, that sucks. Get away from, you know. But yeah. I just said, you know what? You go see it and make up your own mind about it. I remember talking to you like the day after mm-hmm. too, and I remember you know, like you going through some of the things that you're conflicted about. I I really liked it. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I still really like it, but I mean, mm-hmm. I have my own problems too. But I overall um, love it. But I think it, it, Ron but, Howard but, I mean, he mentions a good number of factors. Yeah, but yeah, people with though with those fans, they do that is an effect. And so yeah. don't pretend that the boycott thing is not an effect because it's not just the numbers of people not going, but it's the people that they influence in their sphere. For sure, and that's why the sort of Last Jedi is the controversial Star Wars film. That's mainstream. Like that's what yeah. most people who are just general movie going audience think of the Last Jedi because of yeah, all the and fan you can have, split. And you can have eighty five percent of the fan. I don't know what percent of the fan base loved it, but let's say eighty five percent loved it, and there sure. was just a rowdy fifteen percent. It would still be the perception mm-hmm. amongst casual fans and casual moviegoers that ooh something's wrong with the Last Jedi. Yeah. So yeah, but the, but there are there's well, also the drama around the film. There's Lord and Miller 
and yeah. all the drama surrounding them and them being fired and Ron Howard being brought in. The they last go on to talk about it, it a little bit later in the podcast. Yeah. We won't play the audio, but he, he talks about it and he's very, again, very classy, wishing them well, saying, yeah, I know it had to suck, but, uh, it would, not being on the movie, but talking about how they still like, he sent them cuts of the film further along and they gave him his notes as he, was doing it's just like a classy guy that Ron Howard and I just yeah. I really appreciated him talking about that um, a little bit more uh, and and, get, and just giving a better perspective on it because Solo it it just and I I didn't actually know the numbers off the top of my head I looked it up when I was prepping the show today and not even four hundred million I didn't realize it was worldwide, that low you're talking yeah about. worldwide it was about, what two twenty uh, domestically I think which I had no idea it was that low yeah well the other thing and I don't know if you remember this or not but you know I that, like one of my things is tracking box office sure like, yeah has been since I was in seventh grade yeah which always frustrates it's like me your when, fantasy football yeah it really, it really actually you know what. You know, Hollywood Stock Exchange, which is kind of yeah, offensive. Yeah, offer. absolutely. I'm in like the 96th percentile in the world. Really? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Nice. So, uh, but yeah, so, and, and it always frustrates me when I see these people on Twitter telling me I don't know what I'm talking about when I talk about box office. Oh, gosh. Um, but the interesting thing was we were tracking opening weekend, and opening weekend was tracking, you know, at a low 120, 150. Yeah. And then I think it came in in the 80s for yeah. the three-day weekend. Uh, and so, yeah, it, I mean, it... It not only underperformed in the overall, but it underperformed below their low expectations. Yeah. Uh, it was a sinking ship as it went on. And a lot of it just, again, there was just a lot of bad word of mouth uh, yeah. around it, even though it's not a bad movie. Yeah. It's, I like the movie a lot. And again, Ron goes on to talk. I probably should have pulled more close. But Ron goes on to talk about how it's kind of in the age of Netflix, kind of gotten more of a cult following. And he's gotten more positive mm-hmm. uh, from people who really liked it in the last few months. Now that it's been out and, and settled in a little bit, which, you know, that's just like, kind of like Clone Wars, um, there. Well, it's funny because even as I look back on it, I sort of, they were aware that it was, that they were in a dangerous territory. I'm pretty sure pretty, a few months out. I think, I think Disney knew. Oh yeah. Oh, they track, they do tracking polls. Yeah. And they, it's the not going to be a surprise. Tracking well. Um, I mean, that's why I think the whole like Denny's thing came about. Like the whole, um, we were talking in Rogue Transmissions, you have the Denny's Collector's Cups yeah. right here. Um, which is by the, it's still one of the most surreal experiences of my life is getting an email from Denny's and being like, we'll fly you out to, uh, LA, talk about our pancakes. Yeah. See, I, the was, only time I get an email from Denny's is like, we'll give you a $2 coupon. <laughs> so that's like, yeah, for me. Um, which, you know, speaking of shill media, that's probably the most <laughs> shilly thing I've ever done, which, which, <laughs> Which is not that bad. It's delicious. The Crystal Crunch Rocks, though, let me tell you, What sir. the heck? You mentioned that it's earlier. Like, what the heck is a Crystal Crunch Rock? Well, it's like this. Because it it's, sounds it's, like it's drugs. No, it doesn't. I'm looking to see if I can score some Crystal Crunch Rocks yeah, out there, You want to buy some Crunch Rocks? Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to sell me Crunch Rocks. <laughs> I want to go home and eat some McDonald's <laughs> instead. Um no, but it was, but like even going there, like they were trying to drum up interest for the tie-in marketing thing, mm. and I was like, "Why are you? I'm I'm a little little known podcaster. Like I'm I am no Chris Hardwick or I don't know, insert giant geek figure here. So the fact that they were willing Probably should to, not use Chris Hardwick. Uh, so, so poor timing. <clears throat> anyway, um, but the fact that they were slumming it with the likes of me was was I think telling to some degree of just sort of the state of the marketing of that film. Well, and I guess the question is too. Well, something has happened on the years where it's it's bad form to mm. do a fast food tie-in now. 
Yeah, well. Because you can't give that bad food, which is why I got to give credit to the Avengers, because the Avengers went straight up Happy Meal this <laughs> they time. They sure did, yeah. They went straight up. You, <laughs> the heck with everybody else. We're doing Happy Meals. Shove some more grease down your gullets, kids. Uh, and, I, and I respect that, to tell you the truth, because um, I love yeah. shoving grease down my own gullet and have since I was a kid. So, uh, But, yeah, it seems like there a lot of these film studios are caught mm. in, a, in a, this weird little vortex where they – it's it's not the right thing for them to endorse kids meals at fast food places so they have to do it somewhere quote unquote healthy denny's <laughs> i mean come on it's <clears throat> it's america's diner mm. i know but have you, their warm citrus sauce you know and was, then their subway but something else i have never seen and somebody can please point it? me if I'm wrong. I've never seen a successful film tie-in at Subway. No. What was the Phantom Menace? It was was it Burger Phantom King. Menace was no Phantom Taco Menace Bell? was. It was uh, what the company that at the time was known as Tricon, and it's now known as Yum Brands. At the time, it may have been owned by Pepsi still, because everything was Pepsi. And so, so it was, was like Taco Bell, it was, right? It was, well, it was the three again. Tricon. It was uh, uh-huh. it was Kentucky Fried Chicken, okay, or KFC at the time, which they're back to being Kentucky Fried Chicken. Which again, have you I get seen their Instagram for. influencer? No, it's hilarious. All right, it's All not, right, not really amazing. Um, and uh, Taco Bell, and the third one that I know that I just it's oh uh uh, uh Denny's. No, no, no. They're all right in a row on three forty one over here. I, I threw you off. Taco, yeah, it's Taco, KFC, yeah, Taco Bell, and that guy. Ta- I've got all Burger of these. King? No, 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 no. Burger King's not part of this. Um, Pizza Hut. Pizza Hut, oh, yeah. Is it Pizza Hut? No, because I remember there being Star Wars toys at Pizza Hut. It's all Yum Brands, and that's it's all those. Those were all Pepsi owned things. Down, I'm uh, <laughs> frustrated. Yeah, and they're all in a row on Highway 341, right around the corner from my house here. So we just would boom, go to one, go to the other, and go to the next one. Yeah. Well, and then they had the Lay's, which was owned by Pepsi. Uh, well, and the Pepsi, which was owned by Pepsi. And I'm not saying that it's bad form or desperate that they were doing a tie-in with a fast food restaurant. I'm just saying they're they're desperate because they invited. No, me. it's. The, they were doing it wasn't that they were doing a fast food restaurants they were doing denny's <laughs> and denny's not exactly you know well disney's did a big hobbit tie-in back in when those movies were coming out which made sense right hobbits known for their breakfast meals <laughs> that's true right so thought, yeah it was pizza hut okay good yeah I'm sweating that yeah, one for a second I, somebody there. was yelling at their ipod Wait, yeah they were people don't still use those there. well i just Some found that i have uh, unfortunately mm bad Star Wars knowledge. No. Let's jump into a little bit of Boba's bounty. All right. It was a lot to me. As you wish. Boba's bounty brought to you this week by Denny's. Denny's uh, Crystal Crunch Rocks. <laughs> What what is it? Don't. Crystal Crunch Rock. Like, you still haven't told me. I still didn't, did I? It's like a crystallized sugar that they have uh, dyed like pink to look kind of like something from outer space, and then they sprinkle it across with their warm citrus sauce, which I just. So they're giving you sugar with sugar sauce on top of it. Yes. Well, I can't beat that. Yeah. No, you can't. That was my favorite part. You wind up being a type six oh, diabetic gosh. by the time you're done. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> um, hey, so I just spent the earlier this afternoon as we record this uh, editing together a video uh, f- chronicling mine, my sisters, my buddy Bailey. We all went out to the Redwood Forest in Northern California, did a big road trip 
over Memorial Day weekend. Had a great time armed with my cameras and drones and Star Wars fandom. I touristed harder than anybody does going out there. Yes. It you, was you do period. I mean, you're Skellig Michael. You're I, 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 Redwoods. It, it's, it's it's become a new like segment of my fandom that I've come to really enjoy. Is seeking out these actual filming locations. When you brave Tunisia, that's when you get my respect. I'm, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. <laughs> I've already I've, I had the conversation with the girlfriend. We oh, were yeah? like, hey, some travel destination bucket list, and I was like, so what do you think of Tunisia? <laughs> Do they have a stable government? Well, no, no but no, not even close. But they restored they restored the Lars homestead. Yeah, the what what? <laughs> See, people are like, hey, don't you want to do some international traveling? I do, Epcot, all the time. <laughs> it's like every year. You're talking about it, like seven countries. <laughs> like yeah, and, yeah, uh, around the world. No, so I, but I, I, it's just posted on the website starsport.com and of course our YouTube channel. Go to youtube.com slash Star Wars Report and you can watch. Um, it's interesting because the filming locations for Return of the Jedi, all the, all the indoor forest stuff are, are pretty much gone. It was the, the Ewok village, the wicket scenes. That was all the bunker. That was all on private land that was logged uh, decades ago. And so, like, I, I know some people have gone. Uh, I, I talked to Jawa James. He's like the expert when it comes to Star Wars tourism. And I was talking to him about it when I was looking at going out there and 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 to figure out what locations to go to. And he uh, he kind of gave me that tip off. He's like, but there are a few specific shooting locations that are still there that they use for the speeder bike chase. And so I, I uh, went on the hunt, found this, StarWars.com has a series as well, mm-hmm. and I, I found uh, there are really only two. Um, it is the Humboldt, Humboldt uh, Redwood State Park. Ah, Humboldt. Humboldt. I know, right? Okay. <laughs> I see what you did there. Um, <laughs> but, uh, and it's the Avenue of Giants. There's a road down there that they did the, the side shots, literally just mounting a camera on the truck. And uh, that's not really, like, that's the road. But... There's a place called Cheatham Grove, and there's one or two uh, specific speeder bike shots, the sort of pan left to right tracking shots to slow down in between the uh, rapid pace yeah, sped up shots. Yeah, in between the two, yeah. two frames a second. I know, right? That's where they shot it, two frames a second to do all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. So they, um, but you can, you can catch them, and one of them is the, uh, fallen redwood tree that they that yes. Luke and Leia fly under right at the beginning, and it's also in another side shot that just from a different angle. Things that you learn when you're actually going out there. So like I was, I nerded out. We went there. I fired up the drone, filmed a bunch of footage of it, cut it all together in a nice little montage, and you can kind of see what it looks like now, which is basically exactly perfectly preserved what it looks like then. Because yep. like it turns out these massive uh redwood trees don't actually age so like <laughs> yeah i thought i thought down tree would have rotted in 40 years no it's, it's, it's just right the there. same it's interesting it's almost surreal because we went to some other parts too that were just scenic we didn't just do the star wars thing mm-hmm. that would have been a little little pathetic I mean, we drove seven hours to go to the forest so we, <laughs> we didn't just stop there but it's interesting even the adjacent state park that we went to and went for like a short little hike um, the difference between that foliage, that word was foliage, yes. and the actual Cheatham Grove was the specific height and density of the ferns. And that's what I really liked. I, specifically, the ferns are like, this is what I remember, like, uh, chew, <laughs> this is what I remember, like, 3PO sits up 
in the middle of them. They look just oh, like that. Or, head. yeah, I know. It's 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 kind of surreal, and there's there's just a specific kind of of moment you have as a fan when you're just looking at oh this is the actual place especially going back to ot stuff yeah i can't even imagine yeah it was pretty freaking cool i've never been to any of these places yeah i i i think i mean it's really it's only a couple hours north of san francisco Mm -hmm. we also went to the yoda statue and took the proverbial photo which i posted and everyone's like what are you doing it looks i'm like no i'm not no i just i just stumbled to the outside of the building well let me ask you this though but you're because you got all that going for you yeah not a, didn't slide over to Petaluma. No, I, I saw the sign. I saw the sign. And I was uh, like, oh, um, but no, because uh, mm. I would have had to have gone to Rancho. Yeah, no, I need to go. I need to go. Mm. It but is still. still on the bucket list. So that was my uh, Boba's bounty. Good That's times. A pretty darn good Boba's bounty. Uh, I guess mine because we talked about it earlier is uh, it's got to be Star Wars one hundred eight. Okay. I, I, uh, Marvel is. So this is the continuation? This is, yeah, this is issue 108 of the original Marvel series. They did 107 issues, shut it down in 86, and, uh, 107 issues and three annuals. Uh, and, uh. Did they, did they have an end game advertisement in the one? Uh, yeah, no, not in, well, there was no 1986. Yeah. 108. This is a brand new issue. Yeah, yeah. No, I I, know. They did a neat thing where they borrowed from just about every era of Marvel Star Wars. Because there were a lot of different eras and different types of storytelling and that kind of thing mm-hmm. uh, throughout the series. But they borrowed, they borrowed, they brought back one of my favorite characters uh, and really made much of the arc about him, which I thought was great. Now, who was? Valance, the hunter. Ah. Uh, Bounty Hunter, who I, I understand is canon now in the uh, Solo Imperial Cadet miniseries. Uh, he's apparently in oh, that. Huh. Uh, but I have not read that yet. I have it, but I haven't read it yet. Um, because I, when I got this, I had to go straight to this. Yep. Um, but, uh, so Balance Hunters, and the, the, the big criticism I have out of it is the, the premise under which they kind of execute Valance and his specific character issues mm. are inconsistent from the understanding that I have always had of them. Okay. So I'm not saying they're wrong, because I don't know. Sure. And it was approved. Yeah. But the way, that, and I don't want to ruin anything, you know, with all this, but I'm not trying to be non-spoilery. Yeah. I'm, but yeah, I, I didn't like what, how they handled balance. But this is a true continuation. It is. It's got stuff, the planet Stenax, which is from later in the run. It's got, uh, everybody's favorite Jackson. So. And his best gal, Amaza. I'm surprised they. It's did, got, I'm legitimately shocked that they did this, and I hadn't heard yeah. anything about this. This yeah. just came out. It's got yeah, it just came out last week. It's got uh, another of my favorite characters, Domina Taggy. She's in it. No, uh, I thought so. I thought at best the Marvel series fans today would be considered it, it would be a cult classic. But I've always heard the proverbial Jackson the Rabbit yeah, jokes. Yeah, and that's that's you know that I always thought if I ever wrote a big like a book on Marvel Star Wars, yeah, it would be called "It Ain't Just About the Rabbit," <laughs> because the, the you know the rabbit is in a couple of early issues right after Star Wars before they really found their footing. But there's yeah. so many great stories. I was telling my buddy Sean Mann the other day, who's a five firster, yeah. Uh, we were sitting sitting chatting and uh and I was kind of going over this because he and I were were about the same age but he he was all action figures and I was action figures and Marvel Star Wars and there were so many great little stories that they told and Valance the Hunter is a great one um you know the, the whole all of the intrigue with the Taggy family is great uh Silas Ormond uh you know all the you remember General Taggy from the Death Star mm-hmm. he's got a whole family 
you know, they're they're kind of semi royalty ish. You know, there's a baron and you know Yeah. And they, they kind of they make all of them into characters and they've got a rivalry with Darth Vader within, within the Empire and it's really good stuff. They even found a way and a, a thing that bothered me about the new Marvel Star Wars is like in issue two, like like ten seconds after the Death Star, Luke and Vader are slapping sabers at each other. Yeah, that was um, and that's a fair criticism. I remember I, that first. I, I just thought too much too soon. Um, but what they did in Marvel Star Wars, they had a, a reasonable way for Luke and Vader to meet up, have a conflict, and still have it not at all damage any of the stuff from Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. I, to me, it was masterful. But, mm-hmm. uh, and then David Michelinie took over later in the run, and he's got Pliff the Hujib, which is, which is also in this book. Oh, really? The Zeltrons are in this book. Huh. The Crimson Forever, which was a, a good one in Williamson's issue 50 extravaganza, is part of the main story of this. They, they, they really just hit a bunch of beats from across the whole series. Um, and so I, I really, and including, but not limited to, and I don't know if you even noticed this, but look at the logo, the Star Wars logo. Hmm. It's a tad different. The the logo as it stands, you know, the normal statted logo is much wider. Yeah. And the one they used on the Marvel Star Wars comic was always just a little thinner and chunkier. Yeah. And they used that logo for this issue. And there's the, the big uh, Legends banner. They've got the Legends banner across it. Yeah, because it's Mark it's is the very old excited about the fact that they're still publishing Legends. Well, uh, well, here's the thing. Uh, when they decided to wipe all of the stories off the map, which I knew was going to happen. I mean, sure. I knew it was going to happen because you, when you go, hey, we've just bought Lucasfilm, we're going to set a story 30 years after Star Wars, you're not expecting, or after Return of the Jedi, you're not going to have, you're not going to go expect the entire world to catch up on all of these 800 yeah. obscure stories. Uh, they're going to want to be able to come to it fairly clean. Uh, but, but the simple fact is still, you know, Bantam, Doubleday, Del, Del Rey, they had all of these books out there. Yeah. And you can't just tell them you can't sell these anymore. Yeah. Because so, <laughs> people still want to buy them. Yeah. They're still out there. Still, like there's well, money still on the table. They still want to make money off of them. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, so Legends has to exist. Yeah. It, it may not be continued any further. In fact, this is, I guess, really the first real Legends continuance They're, since they wiped the slate clean, isn't it? So, and this is me going off of the top of my head in a territory I am okay. not an expert in. Okay. But there's a couple because I know Mark's talked about them. Okay. <laughs> but it's like very few exceptions. I think one of them is like a couple ongoing Old Republic tie-ins, I think, mm. with the video game, because that video game is technically considered Legends, because mm-hmm. that was... But it's also that... It's still going. So yeah. I guess that's technically considered. And I think there's like a couple small, but that's like an issue 108 yeah. of the old series. That seems to be the most significant. I, you know, as I say, I have a couple of tiny criticisms of it, but overall I enjoy it. Yeah, and nice. I really hope they do another one. Yeah, I'd love to see. I, I we'll I'll see. Buy it. We'll see how it sells. I'd be interested to yeah. see. Um, because like I, I, I legitimately would not have thought this is not a not a dig, but I just wouldn't have thought there would be a market for it. Like, well, we'll see. When we, the I guess we'll find out. out. Yeah, yeah. Well, we will find out. Hey, thanks to everybody supporting the podcast over at Patreon. Patreon dot com slash Star Wars Report is where you can join the fine community of folks supporting the Star Wars Report podcast directly. We, uh, that's where we publish our weekly, uh, well, I mean, except for Riley was moving last week, but our semi-weekly, uh, mostly weekly rogue transmissions, uh, this past week, actually, um, we had a special, uh, pretty long form one. And actually, Scott and I BS'd a lot at the beginning of this one. So we got another, another, we're talking about, uh, shilling speaking. We probably, if you want to hear more about the behind the scenes of that Denny's trip, you can tune in for this week's rogue transmissions. Mm-hmm. And I also just published, um, 
our Clone Wars finale reaction. This is a, a bonus content that we had way back in the day. I just had it sitting in the archive, and I thought it'd be a good time to resurface it as Clone Wars gets ready to return. Uh, so the Clone Wars Season 5 finale, our sort of raw reaction uh, to that. It's me, Aaron Goins, uh, and you can check it out over at patreon.com slash Star Wars Report. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Star Wars Report. And uh, we appreciate everyone who's supporting the program. That's right, everybody. It's uh, another episode of the Star Wars Report podcast in the can. Thank you so much for tuning in. Really appreciate it. Good time, Scott. Thanks for having me. I appreciate your uh, inviting me back after last week. <laughs> Not only that, I just, I, you know what? I, we had to talk in person. It was that serious of a decision. So I drove down from South that Carolina. That was a reprimand. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wore a suit just so I could be wow. one of the yeah. suits. No, uh. no. Uh, no, seriously, man. Appreciate uh, your help and uh, good times, good times. And seriously, everyone, if you haven't uh, supported us on Patreon and you've thought about it, uh, now's a great time. We've got some great content for you coming up. And even at uh, like the dollar level, yeah. uh, it's a fun way to join our Facebook chat and get access to every single episode we've ever posted. It's right there. And if you've ever seen some of the videos of Riley, he's got a new tattoo on his arm, and it's got these leaves oh. and branches. Oh, yeah. And underneath it is one big word. It says, shill. <laughs> so- <laughs> not true you know we'll stick with it just in, in yeah. your mind's eye yes. hey uh follow us on social media at star wars report for twitter facebook.com slash star wars report that's also where you can find uh, and youtube youtube.com slash star wars report that's where you can find the uh the indoor video riley's travels to the redwood forest all right there hey uh for the love of god Put a put a few new iTunes reviews there, Scott. <laughs> Just for Scott. <laughs> Just say thank you, Scott, in the iTunes review. Uh, coming back on this week and 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 saving the show last week, or it wouldn't have happened. So hey, thanks, Scott. We do, we really do appreciate Maybe it's you. For the best of it, didn't happen. <laughs> no, no. Um, but hey, uh, Scott, where can folks find you on the old internet? They can't. I'm boycotting it. Okay, <laughs> but the internet. That's right. Boycotting the entire. You do internet. know where this podcast goes, right? Oh, well, it's like, all right, all right. All right. Yeah, you can find me uh, at Rifen if you want to brave that. Also at my Star Wars story mm. on the Twitters, and of course Scott Rifen on Facebook and Scott Rifen page because I ran out of fan slots or friend slots on my regular page. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I'm at five thousand. The popularity of local AM yeah. radio celebrity sir. Hey, I'm on FM now. And FM. That's right. Oh my gosh! Wow. And Pardon so I'm me. also on the iHeartRadio app Monday through Friday, 7A to 10A. Yes. Uh, it's not a geek fest. Though, no. it, though, if you listen, there are many sly references. Yeah. Well, like, I, I've tuned in and you've played some Star Wars music before. I've done a, yeah. I've done Here a and there. Here and there. Uh, but yeah, check it out at Rife. And of course, I'm on social media at The Riley Guy. Best place to follow me, Instagram. That's where I keep uh, myself mostly out of trouble. Uh... That's why I don't really... I, I Twitter some, at, at the Riley Guy. Same same handle, R-I-L-E-Y. You can follow me there. But that's going to wrap up another show. Uh, another show, another Star Wars report in the can. We'll be back next week. Uh, man, next time we record, we'll be right before. Right before or right after? Right, a, right after Galaxy's Edge. So I'll be... Oh, right after you go. Yeah, I know. So ah. expect, the, expect the in-person review. But until next time, everyone, remember... Star Wars is fun. (laughs) And many Bothans died to bring you this podcast.